Hey, hey, hey. I am Cameron Carl. And I'm Shauna Patterson-Stevens. And we are two scholars giving you the tea. Welcome to the live taping of the Scholar Tea Podcast. With the Pan-African Network. Shout out to Pan. Let's get started. So how many Scholar Tea listeners do we have in the audience? You can, you can thank it too. All right, so our temperature check for today is if your mood was a trap karaoke song, what would your mood be on today? Mine is Doja Cat. And why are you Tia and Tamara today? I'm Tia and Tamara today because um, they are very multifaceted individuals. They are very understood to have a breadth of experience in the field and in their industry. I've always respected the... the that ain't the Tia and Tamara they're talking about. I don't know they're talking about twins. Like twin twins. I don't mean mammary glands. I actually took it literally and saying Tia and Tamara Maori. Yes. I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish your explanation. Oh, God, you're so rude. So, no, I'm not talking about boobies. I'm talking about the actual twins. I just really appreciate them. I appreciate the ways they move around their respective industry as black women, and I admire them. And so I'm feeling like Tia and Tamara today. I am going to, you know, Doja, she must be doing something, because I'm going to say best friend by Saweetie. That my best friend, she a real bad bitch, got her own money. She don't need no nigga on the dance floor. She had two, three drinks, now she twerking. She throw it out and come back in. That's my best friend. She a real bad bitch, drive her own car. She don't need no lift in a strip club. No, my girl gone tip, now she twerking. She throw it out and come back in. I feel like I'm here and with my friend, best friend. Collectively, friends are winning, winning awards. We got diamond honorees. We got people getting recognitions, right? So it's all love. When I come to ACPA, it's restorative. When I come to PAN, it's restorative. I was never on the PAN directorate, but y'all sure treat me like I was, and I show appreciated. I show appreciated. We asked some people out in the audience what was their mood today based on a trap karaoke song. Ooh. So aggressive. Dr. T, Dr. Travis Smith. On me, I'm a cut of fool. Next one. Can y'all guess who's on You know, Doctor. They think Rick was coming home. Doctor Ariel Williams. Steps by your guy. Preach. Young Dolph by Kayla Harris. Kayla, I don't know who Young Dolph is. I'm sorry, people get canceled. All right, next one. 
Hey, hey, hello, hello, they know, they know, hello, hello, they know, they know, hello, hello. Who this? Who this? Who mood is this? Who mood is it in the room? Crystal, Crystal. <laughs> All right, last one. Who is this? James. All right. Well, thank y'all for putting some energy into the room with your temperature checks. Let me give you a rundown of what we're doing tonight. Just like any other episode, we're going to start with our scholars of the week. We got plenty to shout out. We are going to actually have some an interview. You know, y'all love hearing them gems from the people we interview. You are the people we are going to interview. So we have some questions for the room. You feel called to answer. We will bring the mic to you to engage in the conversation. And just like our interviewees, the room will engage in this or that forced choice. I'm going to talk about what's problematic, convention edition. Jana got them jokes of the week. Some of y'all just came for the jokes. That's fine. Jana, Jana got them for y'all. And then we have some announcements, and Dr. Leonard Taylor is actually going to offer and end our affirmations for the episode. So, Shauna, should we get into it? All right. So, Scholar of the Week, scholars, plural. Um, our first Scholar of the Week is Dr. Amr F. Ahmad, he, him, his, who serves as the Vice Provost of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the University of Vermont a nationally recognized DEI practitioner and thought leader, Dr. Ahmad leverages diverse identities, experiences, and theoretical perspectives to advance inclusive excellence and build capacity throughout institutions. Modeling the principles of inclusion, Dr. Ahmad uses a collaborative approach to lead university-wide strategic initiatives to build capacity and foster a culture of belonging. In addition to holding faculty appointments and strategic leadership roles at schools, including the University of Massachusetts, uh, Swarthmore, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is usually when we have to start over and edit it out. Here he says Massachusetts. <laughs> I am from Indianapolis, Indiana, Nap Town. I'm a nap rat. <laughs> Thank you for the affirmations. Don't touch me. Um, <laughs> And the University of Michigan, Dr. Ahmad, has worked as a consultative resource for institutions and organizations across the U.S. and Canada. Next up, we have Dr. Tierney Bates, an award-winning student affairs professional with more than two decades of progressive leadership experience in higher education administration. Tierney leads the Division of Student Affairs at the University of South Carolina. Tierney most recently served as Assistant Vice Chancellor for Special Projects and Interim Executive Director for the University's Career Services at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. This might be an opportunity for some folks to shout him out. Additionally, Tierney is a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Who are you know? That was nice. <laughs> Uh, the American College Personnel Association, College Personnel International, National MBA Association, Southern Association of College Student Affairs, National Association of Colleges and Employers, and 100 Black Men of Triangle East. Dr. Tiffany Steele is an assistant professor. 
Assistant Professor in Educational Leadership at the University of Rochester. Her work focuses specifically on the lived experiences of black girls and women in education and the influence of external factors on their identity development. Specifically, Dr. Steele analyzes connections between inequitable U.S. societal elements and how they influence daily living and educational trajectories of black girls and women. She also maintains a secondary interest in broadly focusing on college access and retention of minoritized students and staff members at predominantly white institutions. Dr. Steele has published in several journals, including College Student Affairs Journal, College Student Affairs Leadership, ARA Open, and Oracle, the research journal of the Association for Fraternity and Sorority Advisors. Most notably, she served as an associate editor for the second edition of Intersectionality and in Higher Education. Shout out to Dr. Steele. And finally, we have Dr. Varaxi Baromio. Varaxi, yes, Baromio is an assistant professor of educational leadership. She also serves as the coordinator of the Higher Education Administration and Leadership Heal graduate program at Fresno State. She's a core faculty member of the doctoral program in educational leadership. As a first-generation Khmer Cambodian American graduate and faculty member. Dr. Yi is committed to advancing knowledge to serve racially minoritized communities. She conducts research to advance equity, access, and opportunity for historically underserved communities, such as racially minoritized Southeast American, Asian, and refugee populations. Dr. Yi values collectivism and collaboration in her research and work. She is a member of the Southeast Asian American Seaster Scholars Collective, which is a podcast in and of itself, and a group of sea women scholars committed to advancing knowledge with and by sea communities. Give it up for Dr. Yi. Shout out to all the scholars, all of y'all out there doing the important, equitable, and just work. And I think it's really important to just name again, like some of the reasons why we pick and select the folks that we comb just the industry to recognize is because we, we know that we do a lot of work. We do a lot of work that may be unseen or maybe undervalued by the academy or our institutions. And so we want to let folks know that even if you're, you're a practitioner, you're, you're a faculty member, like the work that you're doing and the bodies that you're in, it does matter. We do observe it. We, we need it. And we want to encourage folks to continue to move and advance those pieces forward. And five years ago, when we sat down to conceptualize the podcast, that was at the heart and at the center of, of the focus and the point of why we wanted to do this and share this, is to be able to amplify for us to be in conversation with so others can learn and grow. That's right. Transition. So our interview this week is y'all. Hello. The wonderful Pan-African Network community being in community with one another. So we have a couple of guiding questions. If you are so moved, you know, your heart and mind is clear and you want to offer some insights, we ask you to engage in conversation with us. So this one might be easy. Given the context that surrounds what it means to engage the world around us and the bodies that we've been blessed to have, what advantages have you experienced in attending conferences like ACPA? Yes, name, pronouns, where you are, your role within the ACPA. Okay, wonderful. So, hey, y'all, Crystal. Um, she, her, series, uh, chair for the Pan African Network. You know, I'm going. It's, it's all fun. It's all fun again. I promise. Uh, to answer the question, uh, I'm in student success on the African affairs side. Uh, that's my day job. 
<laughs> what do I get from being in spaces like ACBA or like body-wise in this space? I think it's just the culture of the city, um, especially like when we seek out those black experiences of being in the city. It's the food, because the food like tells a story, you can feel somebody's auntie or uncle, non-binary, whoever, in the kitchen, you know, just seasoning for the ancestors say stop. And it's just great. You know, I haven't met a beignet I didn't like. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't uh, you know, had any bad, you know, crawfish or um, catfish. You know, it's just really fresh. I mean, I don't know about y'all food, but the catfish here is very fresh. I don't know if you've had some of it, it was great. Um, but experiencing the fresh out. food and culture and all the things. Thank you. You like that fresh out the river, huh? Okay. Yeah. Any, anybody that might be newer, maybe newer to the field of higher education, student affairs, maybe this is your first time attending a conference. I see Dr. Ford shouting some people out. What benefit do conferences maybe or so far that you've engaged? <laughs> how has ACPA benefited you? you repeat the question for me? Sure. Um, what benefit have you experienced so far, you know, being in this kind of space? This office had a great time for us to learn more about the field, interact with different professionals like different universities, see how some of the things that they do, structures and things like that. It's been a great time. Uh, I go to SIUE, Southern Illinois University at Louisville, grad student, first year master's program. Anyone else new to the space? Hello, everyone. I'm Mia Hayes. I'm senior pronouns and one thing one thing that um I benefit from being in places like this is creative network. And I don't know I'm hiring so serving international students. I'm I look young but I'm I'm director. <laughs> um I'm hiring for people who are looking to serve international students, marginalized students Cameron needs a job. <laughs> What's up, everybody? My name is Marquita Briggs. You heard pronouns. Um, I am currently a second-year master's student at NC State in their higher program. Um, but prior to that, I worked for a very, at least a very long time compared to some of my cohort mates. So I'm new to ACPA, um, but not new to the field, per se. But I will say one of the things I think is beautiful about being in these spaces is just like, there's always a spirit in the room when you get to be with other melanated people. Like, it just makes you feel like you're in a space where you can be seen when you might not always be. Um, so I think it's just a reminder that like, we just keep putting ourselves out there with other people who are like-minded, who have similar background experiences, whether it's in the educational space or if it's just in our personal lives. But it really is encouraging. We're just realizing that we're all kind of intertwined to a certain extent. Um, like some of y'all know Dion that's here. That's my, my boy. Like that's my guy. And we've been kicking it since yesterday because we both cool with Dion. So it's like just being able to have those new connections in that new community and also being encouraged to see where you can go if you just persist and keep staying in this thing. Thank you. And shout out to Dr. Joy Katz and Gales. Okay. Um, listen to that episode because she dropped what episode number is that? She dropped some gems, second season, 
listen to that uh, Dr. Joy episode. In that same vein, I think we can transition. And if you want to answer the previous question, they're tied, they're really connected. Um, this is open to you know if you are seasoned in pan or this is the first uh, ACPA for you. In the same vein, we've been very intentional in our cultivation of affinity spaces across the profession, including the Pan African Network. So in what ways has PAN aided you in making meaning of higher education, your career, and your holistic personal development? Hello, everyone. My name is James Thomas for LC Day. Um, I would say one, um, number one being seen. Uh, we were, I was in a room similar to this in Indianapolis. Um, got rolled up on, upon by um, Dr. Jordan West and DeAndre. And Shout out to the friends. <laughs> and for me, it was once um, being seen in the space, I was like very shy and nervous in the corner. And then next thing I know, I was like, whoa, like these folks are talking to me. Like, usually doesn't it take a couple of years before they start talking to you? Um, and also like seeing how my blackness can show up in the field and not like dully my shine and my color. And coming into black spaces sometimes it's like nervous. Um, I have, I'm nervous at times, um, but then Pan showed me all blackness was beautiful. So um, my queerness, my fatness, um, my ignorantness, um, <laughs> um, was seen. So I want to say like Pan like blessed me with that to see um, myself being able to exist in this field and stay in this field. So I am new to America. I am from the island of Dominica in the Caribbean. Um, so there's a lot of adjusting, uh, especially going to Charleston, um, which is a, a rural community, very small community. Um, so when it comes to um, expressing myself culturally, um, meeting people who are like me, it's, it's very difficult. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's quite a challenge to feel like we're accepted within certain spaces. Uh, but I do put myself out there a lot, I challenge myself, and I'm grateful for the opportunity for being in the U.S. and I'm grateful uh, to be studying student affairs. I'm very passionate about it. So right now I'm conducting research on um, the student LGBT plus students of color and how they navigate the, the college environment. So that's my area of focus. And I'm excited to be a part of ACPA and to meet all of you guys. Um, and I'll just say that it's, it's really a fresh, a fresh air, but a fresh air to be here today. Um, and coming to ACPA, I tasted a piece of snapper um, on the first day. I'm not like, hit my soul. I can't <laughs> even begin to explain because like, it was being in the warmer weather, uh, coming from the Caribbean, it's, you know, I. I'm all, I'm all about sunshine, all about color, all about um, highly seasoned foods, very fresh food. So, um, I'm really excited to be here and to meet all of you and to learn more about ACPA and navigating different spaces here. Thank you so much. Yes, welcome, welcome. Maybe one more? Salutations, family. Uh, my name is Andrew Sewell, brother here also on Aaron. I'm also a graduate student at Southern Illinois University at Evansville. Shout out to the home team. Uh, but for me, really, what Pan has really benefited me or has helped me is really just being seen and valued, right? Uh, I went to basketball. 
But having a pig in the space, right, having black folks show up for you differently, unapologetically, with our respectability politics in the way of that, right, like Pan has really helped transform what it means to show up authentically in higher education spaces, conferences, presentations, research, and practitioner based too, right? And undoing the ways that, uh, you know, we've been taught when it comes to this white, cis-heteral, patriarchal society of professionalism, but what it means to undo ourselves in that space. So, Penn has really helped do that and showing up and, and loving us deeply um, in this conference. So, I appreciate y'all, Penn. Go ahead, Shante. It would be one more, Penn. Hi, friends. Um, I am Shante. Um, she her program series. Um, I'm currently at Texas A&M University. Um, so Pan, for me, has become my professional home. This is my first time back since Houston. <laughs> um, and it's like I never left. And so immediately coming in to ACPA as a graduate student, like James, I was snatched up immediately and have served, I served on PAN for most of the 2010s. Um, and so to be able to, for me, PAN provided us a place where I could be seen, um, who I am and all its iterations were validated. Um, I, it was a, a, a place where I mattered. Um, my voice was heard and I wasn't uh, tucked away into a corner somewhere. And uh, it also opened up doors and people advocated and pushed me outside of my comfort zone to then serve ACPA and represent us in other spaces. And so for me, it's really just a place of finding mentorship, lifelong friendships and vacation friends, best friends and all those things. And so I hope for others, you can also find that. One more. One more, we'll do one more. It, come on, this is great. Matthew Miles, EM Programs, South Louisiana Community College, uh, and uh, previously University of Louisiana, Lafayette. And I say that because um, entities, because I think the question of our affinity groups, uh, entities like Penn and Black South and NASPER uh, made me a better black professional at PWI. So I served as the black faculty and staff president uh, there, so I was able to leverage knowledge I got from the field uh, in these spaces to be able to advocate for black faculty and staff and be able to articulate it in ways that we needed to do events or programming or black faculty and staff because uh, our black faculty and staff have been on campus for 30 years and it had a historic connection of having a seat at the table to talk to the president directly without having to go to, through the DEI officer. And so it gave me leverage to be able to articulate for those who I was advocating for when I talked to the president. And so these spaces helped me out to make that language clear. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, everybody. Um, we had an excellent opportunity to be able to facilitate a panel yesterday with um, our African American Summit. We don't call it that anymore. But that's what I know it for, so I'm going to use that right now. One thing that we were talking about was what it means to use your imagination or think creatively about what the future can mean for higher education, specifically for people in black bodies. And PAN is one of those spaces that can help you elevate your, your thoughtfulness around engaging higher education as a, a pan-African individual, right? And so one thing we just want to emphasize is that if you haven't already plugged into PAN, we highly encourage you, welcome you, embrace you to consider that. They have a whole lineup 
of events for the rest of the time here. A lot of us have been connected together in friendship and family because of Pam. And we just want to welcome you into that space if you haven't already felt that way. Because we need spaces like this, we engage in spaces like this and thrive in places like this in a system, in a structure that hasn't been developed for us and is actively trying to push us out. So in this moment, if you're the only person in your in your division, at your institution, that you feel like you can engage around what it means to be a Pan-African, Black, African-American um, person in higher education, please make sure that you're connecting here because we will be that stronghold for you in spaces and in times when it can be a challenge because it will be, right? If you're doing the work, in a way that's thoughtful and innovative and intentional, you're going to be met with resistance. Let us be that stronghold behind you. So, okay, there's a, a part or a segment in the podcast where we ask folks interviewing that you have to pick. You cannot stand in the middle. You cannot hem and haw. The first thing that comes to your mind, that's your answer to this or that. And I'm hearing that we're doing the Nini way, which, which would, would be much, much, much easier. Yeah. Lightning round. Yeah. Yes. So this or that, are you ready? Any questions? What questions can I answer to help you be successful? So does the wave signify this or that? Yeah, the wave signifies your answer. Yeah. So we'll, we'll say the two, and then we'll say, are you ACPA? Are you NASPA? OK? So this one should be easy for you since we're on ACPA. ACPA or NASPA. All right, New Orleans or Houston? New Orleans. Houston. H-Town. First time attendee or repeat offender? First time attendee. Hey, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Repeat offender. Welcome back, y'all. Good to see you. Good to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, presenter or attendee? Who's presenting? Y'all better do the sessions. Attendee. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. I grew into one. Night owl. I saw y'all on bourbon. <laughs> Vignettes or hurricanes? Naptown. <laughs> <laughs> Tia, cut that out. <laughs> you gotta say it again then. No, we're gonna keep that shit. <laughs> beignets. My sister say beignets. Hurricanes. Okay. Oh. This one came from a suggestion that was made earlier today because people are feeling a little lonely in their lives. And this, there's another project to come out of this one, and this is, this, this one. So, single or coupled? Single. 
Y'all single people, look around. <laughs> look around. <laughs> couple, <laughs> couple, 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 couple. First of all, I'm not being liable for any matches. <laughs> all right, Uber or Lyft? Uber. Lyft. I don't want to do this one. This is the double. Yeah, I don't want to do that one. Pop or soda? Pop or pop? Soda. All right, we're gonna move on. Thank you for engaging us with this or that. All right, so also on the podcast, before we move to Jokes of the Week, it's my segment, and it's called What's Problematic? So in this, y'all hear me vent on the podcast. So my venting today. So what's problematic is us not owning our awkwardness. So being socially awkward in these conference streets and not being honest about it. We must normalize that this is something that all of us are navigating. So know the difference between shyness, social anxiety, and awkwardness. So people often use these three terms interchangeably, but they actually mean very, oh, I feel like I'm teaching. Uh, they feel very different. I feel like I just started class. Okay, so shyness and anxiety can both cause you to feel awkward, but you can also be socially awkward without being shy or suffering from a social anxiety. So practice self-acceptance, build confidence. So when you're confident, that insidious feeling of self-consciousness tends to fade into the background. Instead of worrying about what other people are thinking, you're able to focus on enjoying the experience. Building confidence doesn't happen overnight, but you can gradually achieve this by learning how to accept yourself in your awkwardness. Realizing that your anxious thoughts are untrue in the sense of some people are just as anxious as you are. And accepting that going in, opening yourself up, and being authentic levels out that awkward feeling. People think like, oh, we are, we're like confident people, right? I still get awkward, right? I know I got awkward earlier today. Somebody told me, oh, I read your article. I don't, I don't, okay, what'd you think? I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know what to do with, you know, Thanks. like, what do you do with that? I don't know. Okay, that's, okay. What did you think? Awkward. They probably like, who is this very awkward person that I just met? But we all experience it in some realm. The fact that um, networking doesn't have to be this thing where it's like exchanging social capital. It can actually be done in a way that is authentic and true to you and your communities. And we encourage it. So sometimes folks may feel like gross about having to um, engage in that kind of way. But it's okay to be thinking about what it means to build a network and expand your community in, in a thoughtful manner. Um, that's not transactional. And that's what's problematic this week. Stop. Embrace it, y'all. We all offer it. Just embrace it. It's, it's okay. fine. All right. Let's get to them jokes. Of the, oh, I can't look. Okay. I can't look. You I'll stand up so y'all can see my face. You, oh, sit over here. You got to look at me. When we first started, we actually started in a studio so we could actually see each other. And now we do it on Zoom so we can see each other still because you, you just need to be able to see me live and experience. And so this started because I was just trying to get him to laugh. So I was just tell the cheesiest jokes I could find. She thinks she missed Tina. So the challenge has always been, can I get him to crack a smile? 
So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm messing with them the whole time. So that's what we're about to do now. And maybe I, I'm going to see if I can make y'all crack a smile too. Okay? Y'all with me? <clears throat> okay. Sometimes before bedtime, I fall asleep on the couch. It's my little sleep appetizer. An appetizer. <laughs> Half the room is laughing, so I'll take the, I don't care if you're laughing at me, the point is to get you to laugh. So, what do you call it when a gang member dresses up as an anime character? I never do that. I, I think about it sometimes, but I never do. Let's play. <laughs> I didn't do it though. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Black Street has a funeral company. They only do cremations though, no graves, no diggity. <laughs> I kind of like that one. <laughs> I like the way you work it. I was at a day party the other day and the DJ was like, I'm not playing any notorious B.I.G. And I was like, okay, no biggie. <laughs> Did you know DJ Khaled's wife is pregnant? She's expecting another one. <laughs> So, so it'd be Shana, it's your, it's your interpretation of the joke. But. Sometimes you gotta laugh to keep from crying, sometimes I make you cry. But those are my jokes. I have one more. I actually do. Would you want, you yeah, want give it? it, give, okay. give, it give it to me. Okay, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Uh, this one was localized, so hopefully y'all appreciate this one. What do you call a rapper that loves making gumbo? Ja Rule. <laughs> Shout out to New Orleans. All right, we have some announcements. And then we're going to close up. Okay, so we've also been thinking about ways that we can continue to expand these conversations and invite more people in. Um, a recording is only so big. You can only invite so much, if you want so much space. We are going to actually do an in-person writing retreat. So those scholars want to come together and be in community in 2024. So save the date, August 8th through 11th. We're going to be in Jacksonville, Florida. Come hang out with me and Shauna, Scholar T, build community, get them papers out, get them book chapters done, get that dissertation written, um, and uh, come on out and, and block your calendar off for next year to also be in community. with. It's going to be a whole vibe, you know? So come, come hang out with the Scholar T at our in-person writing retreat. Okay, so we also like to make sure that we're recognizing folks in the field. So this is a time to open it up. If anybody has some good news, we'll start with Dr. Hurst. It's gonna be Dr. Hurst. Any good news that you wanna share with the group? Anybody, Dr. Hurst? Uh, I'm doing my oral exam April 4th. Oral exam April 4th.
got some diamond on the reef in the room. We have some diamond on the reef in the room. Dang. <laughs> Dr. Hall and her award-winning documentary. Doctor, right. <laughs> Cluster Love. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to shout out the College of Education writ large at SIUE because of the, some of the, the beautiful things that are happening with regard to diversifying faculty and staff and creating a model for what it could look like in a healthy way, right? Shout, yeah. out, to, hey, shout out to Dr. Robin Hughes. Right. Cameron just got tenure. <laughs> Thank you. It's my alma mater too, so that's a big, big deal for me. But my governor DeSantis, yes, Florida yeah, yeah, State University, yeah, yeah. he's still doing the work though. It got to get done. I'm thinking about anybody that is in a space right now. I mean, we all are, but there are certain spaces that are under siege in a very unique and complicated way. So you're in my mind and in my heart too, especially anybody in Florida, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, Texas. So let's end with some affirmations with Dr. Linda Taylor. Thank you. She's embracing the awkwardness. Um, so how many of you were at the opening, right? They were talking at the opening about a lot of things. And what I want to invite us to think about is the opportunity that comes with all of the challenges that I think we recognize and face because it's not just a challenge. How many of you were at the um, SAP panel, the Black SAP panel? One of the things that um, we were talking about racial battle fatigue and I had to tell people like, hey, you know, racial battle fatigue is a thing, but you're not dead, you're just tired, right? So there's always an opportunity to continue to grow, to learn, to resist, to rest, to heal. Um, there's a quote from a class that I used to teach, very first teaching opportunity at University of Minnesota, leadership minor, and we used to tell students that relationships are the currency of power. Mm. Relationships are the currency of power. And although it was very much extracted from these kind of white Western capitalist, imperialist kind of notions of power uh, and, and exchange, what I apply that to in my own life, where community is a center, is that all of the relationships that I get to form and maintain in these spaces give me the power to do the work that I need to do to create better spaces for other people. So think about your relationships here, your relationship with the association, your relationships with each other, your relationships with your friends and family and loved ones as currency that you can continue to expand to do the work that we all want to do to continue to make the world and our campuses better places. So that's it. So as we wrap up the first live taping, Thank y'all for being patient with us for the tech issues. Thank y'all for being patient with us for dropping up episodes. It takes us a minute, so thank y'all for being loyal and listening. Shout out to Tia. Please be on the lookout for season three of Scholar T. You're two scholars. Giving you the tea.